Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. Receive this word from the good news of Jesus Christ according to Luke. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking. Whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they don't welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. So we are doing a worship series on copying Christ, on being imitators of God, on that call in our lives. And we've been looking at some characteristics of Christ. We looked at the compassion of Christ, and our children helped us with that teaching what compassion is. I see your hurt. I feel your hurt. I help to ease your hurt. We looked at the faithfulness of Christ, that trust that Jesus had in God the Father. And today we're going to talk about Jesus as mission-minded, that Jesus had a mission and that he was dedicated to that mission. God incarnated, God became a human person as Jesus the Christ for a reason. Jesus walked among us with a purpose. And for those who've been part of church for a while, this is not, I mean, we know this. This is not a surprise. The surprise is that Jesus, you know, ate just because, hung out with friends, rested, laughed. Those other parts of healthy living, those can be a surprise for us. We know Jesus came for a mission. And our Gospels name this mission in, in slightly different ways. We have four Gospels, the good news of Jesus Christ. They were written, they came out of four different Christian communities, four different churches. The Gospel of Mark names that mission of Jesus as bringing the kingdom of God. And, and this kingdom of God came 
with actually an epic battle. At that time, folks had, had the notion that God was in the heavens, God was up there, that was God's realm, that was the kingdom of God. And this realm was the realm of Satan, the realm of death. And we hear at the beginning of, of Mark's gospel that the heavens being ripped apart, I mean, that's invasion language, and God is coming down, and God came down on Jesus, and the gospel will be God in this battle with the forces of death. And God will conquer death. Ironically, with suffering. And establish this kingdom of God. The Gospel of Matthew speaks about the kingdom of heaven. That's actually exactly the same thing. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Matthew's church community was primarily Jewish Christians. And um, Jewish folks are very careful about never, ever saying the name of God. And they're so careful, they don't even say God. So heaven is like code. It means God. So kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, it's the same thing. And Matthew's gospel uses um, this language of Messiah, of this coming Messiah, who will bring this kingdom of heaven that we have been waiting for. Gospel of Luke also talks about the kingdom of God. And we have this missional language when Jesus stands up in Luke chapter 4 in the synagogue and reads from the prophet Isaiah and says, I bring good news to the poor. Proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free. And then Jesus sat down and said, today, in your hearing, this scripture is fulfilled. Today. Today is good news for the, for the poor. Today is release of captives. Today is recovery of sight for the blind. Today, the oppressed go free. The Gospel of John was written 20 or 30 years later than the other Gospels from a church community, maybe Alexandria, but a church community that had little contact with the other churches. And John uses different language. John talks about the light shone in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And in the third chapter of John, we hear that missional language. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We hear that saving language, salvation. And it is a good question to say, saved from what? For most of us, for most, for most folks today, if you said Jesus came to save us, save from what? People will say, well, from hell, from, from the fires of hell. We have a notion that we are all destined to the fires and torture of hell and that Jesus came to pay to, to do that for us and that Jesus' saving work takes us to heaven. But that is actually a relatively recent idea. It was a thousand years after the crucifixion, death of resurrection of Christ, before anyone talked about the blood of the cross atoning for the sin of all. So in John's gospel, 
when those early Christians are talking about saving, they're thinking about something different than we would. They were thinking back to that Abrahamic covenant, those covenants God had made with God's people. So before Jesus, before the exile, before that exodus of, out of slavery in Egypt, before that was Abraham. When God made a covenant and said, you will be my people and I will be your God. And the people screwed up. And Jesus came to save them from abandonment. With Jesus, we hear that saving we, we experience that saving um, um, a moment to know that God will never abandon us. In the end, I think all these different ways of naming the mission of Christ is, is different ways of naming the same thing with our very incomplete, inadequate language that Jesus had a mission, and Jesus stuck to that mission. There was nothing so good that could lure him away, and there was nothing so bad could deter him from that mission. And so we copy Christ. We copy Christ sticking to that same mission as Jesus had. Jesus came to save the world, to bring in the kingdom of God, and now Jesus does that through us. And we get to be part of this kingdom of God. You know, I, I grew up unchurched. So I wasn't part of a church community, but I heard things, you know. And I heard people say, you know, to be a Christian is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then you go to church. You dress in a certain way. There's no cussing, no partying. Uh, some music is off limits. I grew up back when rock and roll was the music of the devil. Who remembers that? Yeah. And that for all of that, you avoid hell. And I remember thinking, that's it? Like Jesus died on the cross to keep me from cussing and to keep my shoulders covered? I mean, it, ju it just sounded hollow. And then somewhere along the line, I heard about discipleship. I heard about discipleship and everything changed. That we're actually called to share this mission, to, to join our mission with Christ and to be part of this kingdom of God, of this work of Christ begun and continued through us. That we get to be ones who bring good news to the poor. That we get to release captives, captives being those folks captured in war that we get to be the ones giving recovery of sight to the blind to be part of, of Jesus' healing, that we get to be the ones that let the oppressed go free to work to dismantle oppression. And that our lifestyle now is the lifestyle of the kingdom of God, where peacemakers are blessed, where we live in solidarity with the poor, and the powerless, and where the, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. And I thought, oh, I want me some of that. 
I want to be part of that kind of work. And my life changed, completely changed, when Jesus' mission became my mission. And I stopped being an admirer of Christ and became a follower of Christ. It changes your life. Where I was now a disciple and part of God's big mission for the world, and that God had given me this little Mia-sized piece of this great mission of God. I saw a sign years and years ago that has stuck with me. It said, if they come for the powerless without stepping over your body, then cursed be your religion and cursed be your life. That's right where Jesus was. Jesus put himself right in between the powerless and those who came for them, and he was struck down. And yet there, there is that holiest of places to be. And that is a calling worthy of my life, of a lifetime. And so, in this kingdom living, I got involved in things. I got involved with homeless folks, discovered pretty quickly homeless folks were not as I expected. I thought homeless people were pretty much like me, but down on their luck. And I discovered that the vast majority of homeless folks have severe disabilities that are just as bad as being quadriplegic, but they are invisible. These invisible disabilities that, that make kind of the basic tasks of adult living difficult, if not impossible. I saw lots of mental illness. And I saw people self-medicating with drugs and alcohol, which honestly is a lot easier to access in our country than effective mental health treatment. I saw a lot of people with learning disabilities. I saw a lot of people with neurological issues that got in the way of planning and, and regulation and, and you know good judgment, those things you need to make it in the world. And I saw children of God, broken and powerless, and children of God created in the image and likeness of God, recipients of this good news of Jesus. I got involved in social issues where poverty was an issue of life and death. I got involved in inadequate health care. I have known people who have died of preventable illness because of lack of health care. And I got involved in the death penalty, a, a sentence that is exclusively reserved for the poor. There is no one of means on death row anywhere. And I got involved in things like healthy food because healthy food is something that eventually becomes a life and death issue. I met many people who were poor, overweight, and starving living off the worst of what we have to offer. And I got involved in ministry, in working in God's church. Some days I have had the strong sense 
that my life is joining in the mission of God and that I can see how, how what I am doing is a piece of God's big mission. Some days I haven't been able to see it at all. And it's only looking back that I can tell that anything was happening. And some days have been painful because I followed Jesus. Jesus laid on me the mission of preaching, of serving a community of God's people as pastor. But I was Catholic, and the Catholic Church doesn't ordain women. So I, you know, was involved in ministry and, you know, doing wonderful things for God, but the calling got stronger. I found ways I could actually preach, and I thought, well, I don't have to be, you know, ordained to preach. I can preach in these other ways, and more than you would at first assume for a Catholic laywoman. But the calling grew stronger. And along the way, people would say to me, you're such a good speaker. You're such a good preacher. It's unfortunate that God created you female. But I kept reading the scriptures, and I noticed God did that a lot. <laughs> Calling women to preach and to serve and to lead. So I'm not the first. God's been up to this for a long time, choosing the wrong people <laughs> to do God's good work. And so following this call on my life meant I had to leave a church that I loved. And that was painful and difficult. And then, when I did, I left, you know, this sexism, and I discovered I entered a Protestant church um, with more anti-Catholic bias than I ever expected. Not this church. <laughs> and now I find my way to you, and I get to be your preacher and your pastor. And what a joy for me. We are copiers of Christ. And we copy by living this kingdom life, by finding that own piece of our mission that God has in God's great mission. That piece of ours, that piece that is, that is CUNA United Methodist Church, that mission that has been given to us that is part of God's big mission, and we get to live in that kingdom. And last Sunday was a great moment of that as we gathered for a barbecue and invited folks for free back-to-school haircuts. And the families kept coming and coming. And in the end, our guess is that we, we, we fed 20 families, 34 kids got haircuts. And what I loved about it was church people, those of us who came for a barbecue, and those we were serving, those who came for a haircut, we were all mixed up together. We were all eating together and playing games together and just being together. And I thought, oh, there is some kingdom of God right there. In our reading that Susan shared with us from Luke chapter 10, Jesus is sending disciples out, 72. 
He's already sending them out. He doesn't wait till the end. He's sending them out to go to all the places he intended to go, to do the things he intended to do. And he said, take nothing. We are sent the same way. You are enough. You don't need anything else. You don't need a theological degree. You don't need, you know, X number of years membership in the church. You don't need Bible verses memorized. You, us, with God, we are enough. And then we are sent to proclaim God's kingdom, and then we get to watch God's miracles. And we get to say, the kingdom of God has come near. As we copy Christ and we, and we are mission-minded like Christ is, there is a danger that we can adopt the tenacity of Christ, the persistence of Christ, but along the way lose the mission. Lose the mission and start thinking that our mission is to defend Christ or to enforce Christ. But that is not our mission. There is a joke. I love to serve God, especially in an advisory capacity. God actually doesn't need our advice or our defense or our enforcement. God needs our following. God needs us to copy, to go where Jesus intends to go, to do what Jesus intended to do, to love like Christ, to heal people, to release captives, to dismantle oppression, to proclaim good news, to bring good news to the poor. And God has given each one of you your own sized piece that all together goes together of God's great mission for this world. And when we do that, when we each do it individually, when we do the mission that God has given to us as CUNA United Methodist, it changes the world. Would you pray with me? Lord God, your mission is so holy and so big, and you call us to be part of it. Lord, today give us glimpses of the good work that you do and the good work that you do through us. Lord, we ask you to strengthen us in our capacity to copy you well that we go where you intend to go, that we heal, that we release, that we set free just as you have done and intend to do. And Lord, we pray, you, we pray to you in thanksgiving of the meaning you have given to each one of us. And we pray these things in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNA United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, 
will continually send you things.